Hey everybody, welcome in. Ivan here, and welcome to the $100,000 Haircutter Podcast. If you're keeping track, this is Season 1, this is Episode 6. Today's episode, Location, Location, Location. That's a famous adage in the real estate business, talking about picking prime real estate, whether you're building something or buying something that already exists, but location, location, location matters big time in the haircut business. You know, um, McDonald's and anybody who listens to me knows, number one, I love McDonald's. That's my fast food brand, grew up with it and have such a connection to it. Uh, and everyone who listens knows that I love McDonald's analogies. I think there's so much that we can learn from what happens over at the Golden Arches. But if you've studied McDonald's a bit, Ray Kroc in the early days of McDonald's talked about the fact that he's not in the hamburger business. He's in the location business. They're in the real estate business. And part of the success and the secret of McDonald's model was the purchase of the land on which the restaurants had sat, understanding the value and the importance of location, location, location. So today we're going to explore the subject of location. And what brought this up really is the discussions I'm being a part of and I'm hearing and I'm observing about the timing for opening and starting a business right now. You know, we're hearing lots of stories, lots of anecdotes about how some of the major businesses and the major brands that we know and love here in America today were started or were founded at the depths at the bottom of the Great Depression, at the worst of times, because some would argue now is some of the worst of times in the haircut business. I mean, being shut down completely, you know, the ouch in that is indescribable. Um, and while, yes, it's rough out there, and I don't mean to downplay it or don't mean to uh, make light of it in any way, there's opportunity. There's huge opportunity in the depths and opportunities to build, climb, and grow because money is cheaper than it's ever been. Opportunity, in some cases, are greater than it's ever been. So, location, location, location is the topic we're going to delve into. Let's take a quick break, and then let's get into the conversation. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, we're back, and we're getting into the location conversation. In many ways, there's never been a better time if it's time to look at what's next for you in the business from a business standpoint, a location standpoint. Are you dreaming of being a salon owner? Have you wanted to open a shop or salon? and haven't done it, now just might be the time. Do you have a single thriving location that has grown, done well, bounced back well from the COVID challenges? Are you ready for that second location? Or are you outgrowing your current location? It's time to Still be a one-location business, but it's time to level up, if you would. It's time to take a look at a second location. Those are all really good places to be in good considerations. The first thing I want to talk about in the location conversation is a spend formula. It's been out in the industry for quite a while. I've referenced it on a number of occasions. 
And I think it's a great basis for a location conversation. And that is the idea that when budgeting, when working out your uh, business plan, the idea is that 10% of your gross revenue, 10% of the total money you're coming in, should be allocated to a combination of rent and advertising. Now, this is a very interesting little concept. Let's, let's unpack it a bit. 10% of your gross revenue should be targeted to a combination of rent and advertising. And here's what we mean. Let's say your goal is to generate a thousand dollars. I'm keeping the numbers easy. A thousand dollars a month in revenue. Well, 10% is a hundred. So you've got a hundred dollars to spend on rent and advertising. And here's how this works. The idea is better locations will cost more money, higher rent. However, a better location will necessitate a lower ad spend to create awareness and build traffic. Conversely, a less expensive location may be a less desirable location and therefore will require a greater ad spend. So, continuing the model of the money as I laid it out, if your total target budget income is $1,000, you're going to spend 100 on a combination of rent and advertising. If you're spending $75 on rent, 75% of your budget, you've got $25, 25% of that budget to spend on advertising. Your rent is higher. Conversely, if you find a place you can rent for $25, you're going to need to spend the balance of that 10% or $75 three times as much money to advertise that location because the lower quality location will necessitate a greater ad spend. So you see how that 10% is fluid in terms of how you break it up. Interesting concept I think we can apply to how we go about allocating some money as we go about thinking about a spot we can target. So when it comes to your location, let's ask some questions. Who are your best customers? This is for somebody who's opening a first shop. This is for somebody who's growing their existing shop to a bigger location. This is for somebody looking at a second location. Who are your best customers? Dig into your data, understand your analytics, and know who are the people that spend with you the most and visit you the most. Because that top 10% of your customer base is one that, number one, you don't want to lose when you make changes. But number two, birds of a feather, you want some more of those exact same people. Who are your target customers? Another consideration tied to location, this is, maybe these are people you don't have, but these are people you want to have. Who are you targeting for customers? Now, an interesting footnote I want to share here when it comes to targeting and location is a great story I was told a while back by a gentleman who was responsible for location development for the Sport Clips chain. Now, you guys know Sport Clips. For a while there, they were the fastest growing franchise, not just the fastest growing haircut franchise, but the fastest growing franchise in all of franchising in America, not just Beauty and Barber. They were growing with a bullet and they were opening new locations all the time. One of the things that was shared with me is that when they look for sites to build and they go into existing strip centers and they love to go into new strip centers, fresh, clean places, and where do they go? Who do they look for? What do they follow? 
Are you ready for this? I love it. Cracks me up. Buffalo Wild Wings. You know the chain. The Wings Place. The Wings Place with all the TVs, with all the sports games. Think about the partnership there. Sport Clips, Cutting Dudes, with a sports theme. Buffalo Wild Wings selling chicken wings to dudes watching sports. Kind of seems and feels like a match made in heaven, and that's exactly what Sport Clips was doing. They were working hand-in-hand with the people that developed Buffalo Wild Wings, whether they were connecting with them or whether they were simply watching and following them on site development. First of all, they don't compete with each other. You can't get a haircut at B-dubs. You can't get chicken wings at Sport Clips, but... They serve the same basic group of customers. That's the idea or the notion of complementary businesses. So think about your best customers. Think about where they go, what they do, and who they are. Think about who else they are patronizing. Where are these people and where are these businesses? The next thing to consider when considering locations as it relates to this is timing. When are they there? All right, let's be reasonable about this. The folks that visit a Buffalo Wild Wings are not there in the morning and the afternoon. They may be there at lunchtime. They're definitely there on the evening and they're definitely there on the weekend. Well, if you're running a Monday through Friday nine to five shop, traffic at Buffalo Wild Wings, while it may create awareness for you, may not create immediate traffic. So when are they there? The timing. Also look around at what else is there. What other businesses are located nearby that can either be compliments or potentially detriments? People who directly compete or people who don't necessarily support the business that you're doing. Another important conversation on all of this relates to traffic patterns. You know, which way are people traveling on streets? Where are they going? When and how are they going there? You know, I don't know if you know the term, but I know what you, you know I'm talking about. When you look at a parking lot and you see an entrance to a parking lot that only allows cars to come in one way from one way. For instance, you're traveling on the main road and you can make a right-hand turn into a parking lot on the right side of the street, but you can't make a left turn into that driveway because it's a one direction driveway and there's like a funny shaped island right there. Do you know that's got a name? Here's your little tidbit for the day. That's called a pork chop because that little piece of cement that creates the one way entrance from one direction is called a pork chop. And while those are very important for urban traffic flow management, they can be very, very frustrating for drivers and customers And they can be very limiting. I always use the example, you know, if I'm out in the car and I'm out and about and I need to pick up a can of pop, I've been known to do that. Got to get a drink, got to get a can of pop. I will specifically look for a gas station or convenience store located on the right-hand side of the street when I am traveling down the road. There can be a perfectly good convenience center on the left-hand side, but that either requires me waiting at the light to make a left turn, crossing a median to left turn into a business, or driving past it and doubling back with a U-turn. 
Well, I think a lot of people think like I think, and they're just going to conveniently wait down the road a little bit until they can make an easy in right-hand turn. You do not want to be the business that is anti-traffic flow, that is located on the side of the street where the traffic can't easily turn in, can't easily access your parking lot, and if they have to pass you to get to you, they may pass you all together. Also, be conscious of traffic patterns as it relates to time of day. You know, the funny story about this was my shop was located on a major street. I'm talking the street that's got the car dealers, the grocery stores, the shopping centers. I mean, we had everything. That's why I was there. I was also halfway between the major highway vertically through town and the major interstate toll road. Smack in the middle of the highway and the toll road, on a, and this road had an exit on both major traffic intersection. And I would cut hair and I would look out the front window, and the street in front of my business would be bumper-to-bumper traffic. And clients would show up, they'd be late for appointments, they'd be early for appointments because they budgeted their time well. Didn't matter who they were, they were complaining about the traffic. Now, I never really understood this because when I came into the shop in the morning, there wasn't any real traffic to speak of. And when I left the shop in the evening, there wasn't any real traffic to speak of. And I didn't understand it because I looked outside and I saw all the traffic and I had to scratch my head and think about it a bit. And what I recognized was I traveled to and from my business at off hours. I traveled to and from my business before and after my customers traveled to and from my business. So my business experience with the traffic is very different from the experience of my customers. So time of day is going to matter as it relates to traffic flow. Now, one of the things to think about with locations is how much space do you need? When looking to pick out a spot, are you looking at a new space or an existing space that has a business or a brand new strip center that's going in? Look at empty spaces. Are empty spaces in your target strip a sign of new growth and opportunity because it's a newer strip? Or are those empty spaces the result of business closures and people moving out? Is this an area or a neighborhood on the way up or an area or neighborhood on the way down? Those are legitimate considerations. And I'm not necessarily saying one or the other is good or bad because if a neighborhood is on the way up, is it going to gentrify to an extent that you can no longer viably be there? Or can you grow and move up scale with the neighborhood? Or if you're gonna be opening up a budget-focused business, Is there an opportunity to move into or thrive in an area, in a community, in a business where things aren't necessarily in their fresh high growth mode, but maybe are ebbing downward just a little? Viable considerations. Next up on the list, of course, are some things to think about. Uh, Parking. How much parking do you need and how much parking is available And who is competing with you on the parking? When I say who is competing with you on the parking, remember the Buffalo Wild Wings conversation. Buffalo Wild Wings is going to use a lot of the parking lot at lunchtime and in the evening. And the cars that they bring in 
are going to be there for a while. They're going to stay, especially evening cars. If somebody comes in to watch a whole ball game, that car is not moving for three hours. As opposed to a Subway sandwich shop with almost no seating, where every single car will literally be in and out of their spot in five minutes and they're gone. And that may crank throughout the day or heavier at business and lunch. So parking does tie to time of day issues. Another issue that a lot of people don't think about when thinking about barbershops and hair salons is water. Do you have access to the quantity you need and more importantly the quality of water that you need? Are you going to have to make substantial investments in water quality infrastructure, you know, a reverse osmosis system or something, uh, hard water uh, uh, softening systems, things like that? How's the water where, and this is especially important for anybody who's doing skincare, shaves, or hair color services. Water quality becomes a huge issue for those folks. Just two extra things uh, to think about in that regard. Look at the quality of the parking lot, too. Is this parking lot well-maintained? Is it clean? Is it free of garbage? Is it free of potholes? Is it being uh, leaf-blown? or snow plowed at appropriate times of the year. Parking lots also occasionally can be prone to flooding. If they are low spots, is it engineered as a water catch basin? Or is it sloped in such a way that the parking lot will be relatively dry? I think you can tell by listening to me sharing some of these things, some of these are lessons learned through painful experience. Benefit from my pain, save yourself a little bit of pain. Last on the list, I want to talk when it comes to location, 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 about the idea of becoming a destination. You may not be on the main road. You may be finding a really awesome spot opportunity that will require a little more of that advertising spend, but it brings up the question of whether or not you can position your business as a destination. You know, recently my son went on a little road trip and he visited a town in central Illinois, downstate, that is kind of nowhere on the map. But they put themselves on the map in a meaningful way by creating some tourist attraction type things to stop and visit and take a picture of. Perfect for coronavirus. You're not lingering around. You're not going inside. But... um, Casey, Illinois has created some tourist attraction type little spots that have made them a, I'm getting off the highway and I'm going there. Normally I wouldn't go there at all, but it's become a desirable destination. Are there things you can do to create reasons to visit? Not just for a haircut. You know, a good example of this, I think for businesses, and I always compliment, when you hear about a hair salon or a barbershop where people will go there when they do not need a haircut to purchase product. You know, I've talked in the past about my idea of using the walls of a barbershop or hair salon as a community art gallery, displaying artwork that would result in a artist putting their work on the wall for free, making their work available for purchase like a gallery, and promoting the fact that it's there to create traffic draw. Hey, All of my followers come see my artwork hanging on the walls 
at Ivan's Barbershop. All of a sudden, I've got new bodies visiting my shop for good reason, outside of the reason that I opened my business. These are ideas for uh, leveraging the value of a location. Location, location, location. So crucial and important in a business opportunity. And right now, so many opportunities to build and grow a business. I'd like to continue the conversation. I'd like to hear what you're doing from a location standpoint. And this is a two-part podcast. Next week, we're going to talk about what can we do with our current location. We're not going to move. We're not going to grow. We're not going to change. But what can we do to leverage the location we have, kind of that destination conversation, to make the most of the location that we've got? That's the second half of this conversation to be had next week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Share the podcast with a friend. Subscribe to the podcast to never miss a posting. Thanks for being here. Happy to have you. Look forward to further discussion. Have a great day. Bye-bye.